Are Dave Aranda's practice methods the thing that is sinking the Baylor football program? <laughs> Let's find out. This is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked on Baylor. Thank you for making it your first listen today and every day. Today, we're brought to you by Prize Picks. And just remember, this show is the only place where you get exclusively Baylor content each and every weekday. I'm your host, Cameron Stewart. Thank you for tuning in. This is an interesting one today. We're going to talk back to football, back about Dave Aranda, and a little bit about how his practices are run and how that's different to some Baylor coaches in the recent past and how that could be contributing to the poor results on the field this year. Um, I do a weekday uh, radio show with Drake Toll. It is called the Drake Toll Show, so I guess I do it with him, um, under him, so to speak, as the co-host. And it's every weekday from 12 to 2 on ESPN Central Texas. And I say that for two reasons, because A, we want you to listen every day, but B, I'm going to be pulling from that show today because we had a former Baylor tight end, Christoph Henley, on this week to talk about um, some of the practice methods that Dave Miranda has and how that could be a reason for a lot of the problems we have seen on the field on game days this year. I know it's something we've heard a lot about, about how great the practices are. Um, and Kristoff is a guy who played for both Matt Rule and under Dave Aranda. So he has uh, varying perspectives on what Baylor practices would look like under different coaching staffs. And honestly, y'all, I would recommend listening to the full interview as well on, on YouTube. But genuinely, just hear him out where he's coming from. He's got a unique perspective, one that not many people on the planet have, having played for both coaches. And there was nothing about this interview that made it seem like a you know, bitter ex-player is out to get um, his coaches or his old or his alma mater or anything like that. He seems like a very proud Baylor guy, Baylor fan, um, but brings up some pretty notable concerns about the way the program is being run specifically in practice. He's not necessarily pointing fingers. He's not trying to hang a guy in effigy or anything like that. He is just pointing out the things that might lead to the things that we as fans are seeing on the field and complaining about just about every week and justifiably so. So with that, I'm going to toss it off to this one answer from Christoph about, you know, how those methods have manifested themselves on the practice field and why that might be leading um, to some of Baylor failures on game day. But I, I truly think, and I think this is really the the meat and the potatoes of, of the prog- program and, and, and the big problem and, and I think we're, we're all we're all looking at Baylor football, and, and we're we're so you know we're we're mad at coordinators, and and you know we're we're blaming things on on specific play calls or players or or whatever. But but I kind of I think we need to take a really big step back, um, and I think we need to look at it a little bit more holistically. And and what I kind of call the LSU flu, if you will, is. LSU in 2019, you know, has arguably one of the best college football teams ever, um, arguably one of the best college football players ever. And so now what happens after 2019, a bunch of people copied what LSU did in 2019 because they blamed the success of that LSU team on the way they practiced, the way they worked out, the way they did things. 
And they were like, man, if that was the reason LSU won. And, and they copy that completely blinding, just thinking that that's going to lead them to success elsewhere. You know, and if you can't now take a step back, you have a, a passing game coordinator that left LSU and took the, you know, the same things he did there, who, you know, is not at, in the NFL um, where he, where he originally took a job. You have LSU's head coach who is not enough or is not a college head coach anymore. And you have a, you know, a, a defensive coordinator who's now at a very struggling Baylor team. And so I just think that the whole aspect of co- copying and pasting what LSU did um, and ignoring the fact that they arguably had the, you know, best college football roster ever um, was just a really, really silly thing to do. Um, and I think we did that at Baylor and, you know, really specifically, specifically coming down to the way that Baylor has practiced over the last four years, which, you know, a lot of people will tell you it's an NFL style practice, you know, ones and twos get a lot of reps, um, One's practice against twos, uh, which which makes a lot of sense in the NFL. If you have a 52-man roster of you know absolutely elite players who need to perfect their craft, but see, if 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 you want to win in college football, you don't have to perfect players' craft. You have to develop high school football player into grown men that play a grown men's sport in college football. And so if you only, you know, which is what happens under, you know, our, our current head coach, if, if you practice ones and twos um, and you do that for four years, there's players who they weren't a one or a two the last three years. And the last three years, they, they, they went to school at Baylor. They did a ton of lifting and running and conditioning at Baylor. Um, they ran out of the tunnel and, and they, they geared up for practice, but they never played football because in practice, they only got very, very, very limited reps um, of playing time just because ones and twos get reps. And the only players that actually get Baylor reps are the ones. And so it's really no surprise to, I think, a lot of people um, like myself and that were inside the program of like, hey, after four years, bunch of players who haven't done anything um, that are very, very talented and very, very good players, but they just haven't had the reps to, you know, produce in the field. I said a lot there. Didn't, didn't want to steal so much time from y'all, but that, does that kind of make sense? What, yeah. What are y'all's thoughts? Let's, let's, I, I want to unpack that a little bit here. So effectively, when you talk practices, the Baylor format is following more of an NFL style or the way LSU did it in 19, trying to build effectively an NFL roster. Yeah. yeah. Which they kind of did, but yeah. And on the Baylor side, what you're seeing is a lack of development because you're there's there's so much of an emphasis on creating a strong ones and twos. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. You hit the nail on the head. Give me, Christoph, then, I mean, you got to play for a couple of head coaches here. I I don't want to play a comparison game between Matt Rule and Dave Aranda. What makes one better than the other? I I don't want to dig into that. But from a practice standpoint, or even from an aura standpoint, right, you see two head coaches who are very different when it comes to addressing the media or addressing the team. All different styles of head coaches can win. These two are the polar opposites. When you sit back and think, all right, here's how one guy recruited, how one guy developed, how do you discern your time playing for each head coach? Yeah, yeah, uh, great, great question. Again, I don't, I don't want to play the comparison game here, um, but I will, I will say this. You know, you, you go um, a, a lot of seniors that were seniors in in, in twenty twenty one. You know, like I'm talking about Tyquan Thornton, yeah. about the Terrell Bernards and the Jalen Petries and the Gary Bohannons and Connor Galvins. I mean, you, you talk about 
you know, uh, the, the JT Woods. I mean, you could, you could name them, right? Um, those are players that they had two to three years of like, I mean, just absolutely billions of reps under a coach rule practice. Yep. I mean, they had like the college football development 101 under coach rule. And then all of a sudden coach Randa comes in and he runs an NFL style practice, which worked amazing with these guys because at Terrell Pernard, he didn't need, you know, a hundred reps every practice. He, he didn't need that. He was a fifth year senior who he just needs to perfect his craft. And, and guess what? That worked in 2021. And, you know, and Baylor had the most successful season um, that Baylor has ever had in history. But that does not work the years after if you have a bunch of young guys coming in that you need to develop to build a championship like that again. And so I think that is where the, the crucial mistake is, has happened and is happening um, is that although, yes, you need to make sure that those seniors, like in 2021, were able to find, really develop their craft and, and perfect their game. But you can't do that at the neglection of everyone else and the future of the program but not give other people and the younger people in the developing kind of generation that Baylor reps. And today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Now, there's a lot of uncertainty in this world, and that's why you need peace of mind. And the way to get that is through Jace Medical and through the Jace case. The Jace case is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. And you can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your unique needs. Good thing about it, Jace Medical now offers customizability for that Jace case with dozens of those add-on medications. So you choose the ones that best fit you and your family's unique needs. And going forward, Jace is continually working to expand their medication offerings. And in those recent efforts, they added ivermectin as an option in the Jace case. And you can buy a gift card. Holidays are coming up. Buy a gift card for your family or your loved ones so that they can get a Jace case of their own. Can't put a price on that peace of mind. So what you got to do, go to jacemedical.com and enter the code locked on at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. That's promo code locked on L O C K E D O N at Jace medical. Jace rhymes with case J A S E medical.com. So some interesting stuff there from Christoph Henley and one of the things he mentions later in the interview that I'm going to go with next is not just, you know, the way practices look now, but the ones that he was in, specifically under Matt Rule and the ones he saw in 2017 when the team was 1-11 versus the ones he played in as a, a top 10 team in 2019 that went to the Sugar Bowl, they went to the Big 12 championship game and was far and away the most successful season in the three years under Matt Rule. And, and this kind of links back to the, the kind of annoying things we hear all year. You know, I'm annoyed by it. Y'all are annoyed by it. You hear it every Saturday in the post game. We had a great week of practice. Tuesday practice was awesome. Oh, we're so explosive in practice. Our guys are great in practice. The energy is awesome in practice. And none of it translates to the field on game days. So it's, we all kind of let out a collective, so what? So what? 
Who cares how great practice is? I mean, obviously that's important, but if you don't bring it out on the field and game day, what does it matter? That's one of the reasons why this team is three and six. And you might be annoyed by him saying that, but what Kristoff is about to tell us is that's not just annoying, but actually a little bit concerning about the way the, they kind of take away both the players and the coaches what they just did at practice and how they should be confident going into the game. Watching this year's team, it feels like, you know, they're, they're disciplined in that, you know, they don't get a ton of penalties, but it's the same things every week. You know, it's, it's not being able to stop the run. It's not being able to establish the run. It's not getting separation from outside receivers. So I guess my question is, with, with these guys, these number ones, the only ones getting the reps, wh why doesn't that Im improve from week to week, just from your perspective as someone who has played the game? Yeah, I think that's I think that's a fantastic question. But again, uh, I think you should look at it more holistically. You know, yes, you, every team in college football is going to have ups and downs through every season. You know, individual players and then whole teams they're going to get better throughout season, or some are going to get worse, right? But overall, I think holistically, you need to look at like what how have these players been developed in the last two years? You know, that are playing right now. Like you talk, mm -hmm. you know, you're talking about not stopping the run. Well, I'm. I'll tell you, not you know, being able to stop the run starts if you're a freshman on the scout team, and you hit the a gap against your first team running back, and you do that as a freshman every single Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, and by the time you're a sophomore and junior, and you actually play against the other teams as number one running back, you're like, man, I I practiced against. Preston Ebner and I practiced against uh, Jermichael Hasty and I practiced against Abram Smith, like and 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 John Lovett and all these guys. I can take this other guy on, but if you don't do that repeatedly in practice, it's just not going to happen in the game consistently. And I think consistency is the biggest word there, right? We have, I think, you know, we have all the talent in the world um, at Baylor to be a good team. I think we showed that against playing against Utah. I think we showed that, that we have a squad that can play. I think we, you know, we showed that when we played UCF, that if we want to play, if we, if we, if, if we show up, like we can show up against anyone. There's no one that, that, you know, um, there's not a team that I think on, on, on our schedule this year that we couldn't have beat. But again, consistency, um, is the problem. And I think again, that, that all dates back to, um, to simply the fact the way practice is handled over years and years and years. Nothing that good about practice. And it makes sense, right? He talks about 2017, uh, you know, having the, the swagger of, Hey, we're going to win the national championship. That's a, probably some of the confidence that rule in, instilled in those guys. And I don't, I don't doubt that Dave instills confidence in his guys. I don't think that's the, the main issue here. Uh, but <laughs> It's a lot of going up against young guys, basically high school football players, and you look good and you make explosive plays versus that 2019 team he's talking about where they were just like, are we any good at all? You know, they're, they're beaten up and they're beaten down after a practice because it's so high intensity. You know, everyone's getting their shot in there. They don't want to feel like they're missing it. And that next man up mentality is something that is very palpable on those rule teams because so many guys are being factored in in practice. And that's another point that Kristoff makes in this interview here, just about reps in general. You know, I, I, he talked about it earlier where, you know, so many guys aren't, aren't getting the reps that they need. 
You know, we talked about it in, in the 2021 practice where Terrell Bernard and Jalen Petrie, they had those reps. They didn't need those reps. They needed to perfect their craft and really key into the game plan, work on those techniques, take those things from being the, the, the toughest step of being a good college football player and a good college football team into a great player and to a great team. And that worked with 2021 because they were all rule guys, but they were so experienced. They had played since 2017, 2018. They got all those reps, both in practice and in game situations. And you just can't quantify how important that is. And so that method, that LSU method, is perfect for those veterans and those guys in 2021. But since then, and since that crop left, it's been all downhill. And it's got to link back to player development somehow. And part of it is these guys as freshmen aren't getting enough reps in practice, at least from what it sounds like, at least from what we hear from the guys that played for him. Here's what Kristoff had to say about the young guys getting reps each and every practice. If you're a Baylor fan, assuming Dave Aranda is back next year, why should the fan base still have faith in this staff and, and is there a way you clean it up and see a, a massive amount of progression going into next season? Yeah. Yes. Uh, great question. I'll, 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 I'll comment on one thing first is, is I'll tell you one thing. If, if, if you talk to people um, in the 20, um, 2017, one in 11, um, the team that won one in 11, those guys thought that they were going to win the national championship. Like their practices looked amazing. Like they were like, I, I was there as a recruit and they like, man, they were like, we were, we, we looked so good. I'll tell you another thing before we won um, the big 12 and the sugar bowl, like we came off practice and we're like, man, are, are we any good? Because when two good players practice against each other, it's simple. It's just not going to look cool. It's not going to look mm -hmm. great. So I feel like there's a lot of if, if somebody ever tells you, man, we just look so great in practice and we can't do it in the game, I think there's a lot of danger in that because again, kind of what you're saying is like usually a really good player and a not so good player are matched up against each other, and that looks really good in practice, but all of a sudden when you then play somebody else in practice in, in a game who's also good, you know, it doesn't translate. So I would be very very careful of kind of you know um, saying things like that and and, and you know kind of, I guess, affirming as a fan in that. Yeah. Today's episode is also brought to you by Prize Picks, the number one largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the funnest way for me to make some money on the weekends. Um, and with basketball season now in play, there's so many options you have. You were already doing it for football. I already know. It's better to me than just regular fantasy football. I love the daily fantasy stuff. Gives you a new slate every day. But now with basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League. It's a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. So, for example, you want to pick Tyreek Hill and Steph Curry for a 12-and-a-half combo of three points made plus receptions. You can do that. And you want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like Meek Mill? You can do that too. You can find it in Community Plays under the Promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. You don't need to take LeBron's parlays. You don't need to take OJ's fantasy football advice. 
you can see it from guys like Meek Mill and make money off it just like they are. And the best part about prize picks is they even offer that reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. So for those football and those basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. I don't know what else you need to hear other than that, but I'll give you another offer anyway. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use the code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. So that's prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use the code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, we heard from Christoph Henley, former Baylor tight end, a few times there. Um, and there's just so much to unpack. Uh, you're talking about the, the LSU method and how important it was to the 2021's team's success, but how that just doesn't carry over. And I just wonder about, you know, these guys who are exclusively on the scout team and 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 never getting a shot for these real reps in practice. And it's something we talked about, and we talked about with Blake Blackmar the next day, a guy who played uh, for Art Bryles, Jim Grobe, and Matt Rule in his time, and, and he laid it out what their practices were like and, and how important the scout team was and that everyone was getting a shot in kind of different ways. And then we actually got, after that interview, um, an a anonymous source who I have seen and confirmed as is a good source um, who would absolutely know what he's talking about in terms of these practices, uh, both for Coach Rule and Coach Aranda. And he said, you know, I know all those things about the scout team and the practice squad. Dave Aranda didn't have one, didn't have a scout team. Basically saying it was, again, the ones versus the twos and those who didn't fit into that, which is a lot in the, in the college football world because in the NFL, the 53-man roster, you can afford to do that. In college football, you can't because there's 100 guys on your roster. So to me, that's saying half the team is spectating, just standing, watching on the sideline, you know, doing their individuals, sure. But when it comes to team drills, they're just standing there, stretching, cheerleading. Like, it, it baffles me. And that source confirmed that, that yes, that's essentially what it was. And I, I just think about the guys who who came in with hype or have had to step in or both. And I just wonder how that affects them, you know, and some specific names of guys like Armani Winfield wide receiver who turns down Alabama to come to Baylor after the sugar bowl season. And here he is as a sophomore towards the end of his sophomore year. And we haven't seen much of him on the field. Now don't get this. Don't take this the wrong way. He's still a sophomore. He's still a super talented player from all we know. He, he could well turn this around and, and be a stud next year and be all Big 12. We don't know. But it, hearing things like this, it makes you wonder, well, is he getting reps in practice or who's he going against in practice? Josh White, transfer from LSU, four-star out of high school, a guy who Dave Aranda was on his family's couch recruiting him for the Tigers and brings him over to Baylor. Barely seen him in now his second football season with the Bears. Again, makes you wonder, is he not living up to the hype in practice? Is he not doing enough for the game plan? Or is he not practicing? <laughs> you know, and 
And the other thing that we keep talking about time and time again, and one that I've brought up ad nauseum on this podcast is the energy on the sideline, right? Whenever Baylor's making a big play, the bench isn't getting hype for it. Where is the hype? And it's so easy for fans to just be like, well, you know, the coach doesn't have any energy, so why would the players? Well, I mean, the simple reason is because we saw it in 2021 when Dave Aranda was still the coach and had the same personality. Those guys were fired up. You know, we, we didn't have much of an energy problem last year, even for a 6-7 and seven team, maybe towards the end of the year. Sure, we, we didn't see as much energy on the field, but... I mean, I'm telling you, when Baylor scores a touchdown, that place is muted on the sidelines. Muted. And it makes me wonder of, are these the guys who are saying, man, I'm not even getting reps in practice. Think I'm going to play in this game? I'm going to get hyped up for this game? For who? For what? As Ricky Waters once said. And it sounds like a piss-poor attitude, but honestly, I can't blame them. These are 18, 19-year-old kids who were stars on their high school football team and it's much easier to take a dose of humble pie if you're actually practicing and you're going against these ones. And, and like Christoph talked about earlier, these linebackers who were getting to hit Tristan Ebner as freshmen, Tristan Ebner, excuse me, or, you know, Terrell Bernards who are hitting Jamichael Hasties as freshmen. These guys is, apparently are not getting that. And so it, it's not just the, the, hey, I'm not getting on the field on game days, but it's like, where is my direction in this program? Do they have the confidence in me that I can step in? That I can just fill in and be a part of this defense if somebody goes down or part of this offense? And again, going back to the point of these backup receivers, who are they going up against in practice, if at all? Who are the corners? You know, they're not mixing in those first-team reps where they're going up against a Caden Jenkins or a Tevin, Col or a Tevin Williams, excuse me. They're not going up against those guys. And on the flip side, those freshman cornerbacks, what receivers are they going up against? Are they going up against a guy who's never taken a snap in college football? Or are they going up against Keytron Jackson? I think all of those things are valid questions after you hear what Christoph Henley brought up. And again, I'll recommend, I can't recommend it enough to listen to that whole interview on YouTube. Um, hear the guy out. You know, he's, he really loves this program from all we heard. And uh, Blake Blackbar, the same way, uh, who we interviewed um, the, the next day, he's a guy who doesn't want to point fingers, doesn't want to blame anybody, just wants to bring their perspective. And we really appreciate them bringing those perspectives because it's valuable um, and it's, it's important and it's valid. These guys were there and they were playing. They were taking snaps. It's not like the guy who never saw the field and they're just bitter at their coaches. That's not it at all. Um, but it is concerning, and, and it leads back to a lot of the problems that we see. You know, of you know, Christoph talked about it. The same, the same problems every week with not being able to stop the run, and guys were subbing in, and and when when one guy goes down, you're SOL, man. It's, it's what it sounds like, and the energy on the sideline, and. Um, the, the stuff that we hear from Dave every week about, Hey, we're great in practice. It's just not translating. That all becomes clearer and clearer. The more you hear from this. Anyway, I want to know what you guys think. Um, do you, do you believe it? Do you think there's other problems? I mean, obviously there are some other ones like recruiting in general, um, isn't terrific, but it's the same as it was under Matt rule and Matt rule 
had player development. He recruited three stars and turned them into five stars in NFL players. And no doubt those guys needed some of Aranda too, but the, the, he took three stars, made them into five stars. This regime is taking three stars and making them into three stars. And that's why Baylor, I think, can't keep up. It, it just makes a lot of sense. But anyway, let me know what you think. Let me know what you think about the game Saturday. We're going to preview that tomorrow. Um, I don't think it's going to be very pretty, but thank you for making it your first listen today and every day. I truly appreciate all y'all that listen to the podcast all the time, that that retweet, that comment, that like, subscribe, tell your friends about it. I really appreciate y'all. We'll be back tomorrow. This has been, always will be, Locked on Baylor.